It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. When most people think of Las Vegas, they think of the Strip and downtown, but there's so much more here, including a sense of community. And that sense is enhanced by the space, Vegas's community-driven, charity-based arts complex. It features 3,000 square feet of raw performance event space, the Black Box Theater, rehearsal studio, a podcast recording studio, and a piano bar with unique views of the aforementioned Strip. Its newest addition to the calendar, Wine Wednesdays, featuring a variety of programming complete with wine tastings from Foley Family Wines. My guest is the founder of The Space, Mark Chinook. For ticket information for Wine Wednesdays, September through October, and all other events at The Space, go to thespacelv.com and follow them on Twitter at The Space LV, on Facebook and Instagram at The Space LV as well. And Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. I will say that as a non-fellow Canadian, I'm delighted that you're in Las Vegas and doing a lot for all these different groups. That was a joke, Mark, because obviously I'm not, <laughs> not a Canadian, but how did, no the, how did the concept of the space come to you? And you're in your third year now, so clearly it's been successful. How did that originally start, and how did you put it all together? Well, the space was sort of a, uh, an offshoot for us. We started the Monday's Dark program, as you know, about eight years ago, which is our nonprofit organization, and, and that operated out of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. And we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had our own venue to be able to give back to, to more charities and create a fun place for people to, you know, hang out, perform, uh, really just a welcoming kind of community center. And uh, we thought, hey, let's give it a shot. And so what we did was we opened the space and uh, here we are three years into it and it, it's still going strong. We've made it through the pandemic and we're open almost every night through the end of the year. So it's uh it's a great, great feeling to have coming out of the pandemic and, and uh, seeing so many people want to use the facility for their artistic endeavors or fundraising needs. It's been, uh, it's been a blessing. And the reason I wanted to have you on, too, is that people listen to us from all over the world, but they may not be aware of the space because it's not right on the strip or, as I mentioned earlier, downtown. And yet, the fact that you've been three years at it and, and you're creating this new event, which we're going to talk about in a little while, but just the fact that you can create what you thought about and had it elsewhere and then say, let's create a venue. And it's not so simple to create a venue or build out a venue, especially with all those elements to it. How long did the construction take? We were down about eight months after we acquired the, the building. But I think it's a testament to the Monday's Dark program because, you know, Monday's Dark had been around already for four or five years and so the core following of our supporters followed us with the Monday's Dark program. And then people would come to a concert or to a Monday's Dark event. And then without fail, two days later, people would call the venue and be like, hey, I want to have my birthday party here. Hey, I want my band to play here. So, you know, it was really just a word of mouth sort of explosion after we opened, just because we were kind of the new kid in town. And it's been fun to see. And the growth has been everything and more that we could have expected. And uh, just, like I said, very grateful to have the support of so many in the community. And 
you know, being able to come on your program and introduce it to even more is, uh, is a blessing as well. So we're, we're just excited to, to still be in business. You know, I, I think that's half the battle these days is it's been such a challenge for everybody in, in all walks that uh, the fact that we're still here and still chipping away at it, I think, is a testament to the team we have at the facility. And during COVID, you were actually still having shows there a lot of times via new technology, which is, again, another challenge in and of itself. People are used to seeing performers live and performers like to perform live, and yet here you are still putting out shows through either Zoom or other means. How big of a challenge was that for you? Well, believe it or not, prior to the pandemic in late 2019, uh, as you mentioned, I am from Canada, so my mom and dad are, are still based up in northern Ontario. And just like every other proud parent, they want to see their, their kids in, in shows. And so I tasked our tech team to go out and grab a couple cameras and install some live stream capabilities out of the facility, just so that my parents would have the opportunity to tune in and watch a Monday's Dark or you know, a Broadway performer or a play or whatever happened to be going on. We could send the show via live stream up to my parents to watch. And we really didn't talk about it. We just had that technology sitting there. Who would have ever imagined that come March 2020, when we were forced to close, that that would sort of be our saving grace. And what I did was I contacted Clark County and I said, look, I've got this incredible technology in the, in the facility. And at that time, we expanded on it once we got the approval from the county that we would be able to operate. So we, we asked for them to give us permission to operate with a skeleton crew. I had a team of six come into the facility, all socially distant, all tested weekly, uh, and, and we would put on concerts for artists and live stream them wherever, across the globe, essentially. So if you had a national following, you were able to do quite well. We had some performers take our stage during the pandemic, and they would stream a pay-per-view concert and, and do fifteen to $20,000 in, in an evening in, in ticket sales. So it was a, a blessing that we had the... Uh, the technology in place. So I have to tip my cap to my parents for sort of staying on me to say, Hey, we want to watch these things. And so we had that technology in place. We just expanded on it. And now the space is sort of in this hybrid model where the live stream capability is never going to go away. We could have, you know, 150 to 300 people in the facility and we can turn on the cameras and, you know, so now we're, we're, we're streaming that concert uh, around the world and people are watching in person as well. That's amazing that you were able to put it all together. And again, a tip to your parents, a tip of the hat to your parents, because you wouldn't have probably started doing that if you hadn't done that. So Yeah, we, we, we wouldn't have. You know, we had hinted at it, joked at it. But then I thought, you know, this would be great for family and, and cousins and aunts and uncles to be able to tune in. And not only that, the, the real backbone for, for doing it was to be able to raise more money for the charities. So when we do a Monday's Dark Party, you know, it's a 90-minute it's variety show. It's a lot of fun. And we want to raise money for those organizations. So even if 20 people tune in, that's 20 people that normally wouldn't be watching a Monday's Dark event on that Monday evening. So that that was really the, the catalyst behind it was to introduce it slowly to the Monday's Dark community and say, hey, if you can't make it tonight, tune in. And so believe it or not, we have people that tune in regularly from Brazil, from Canada, Australia, you name it. And they, they get in the chat room and they let us know they're there. And we comment to them back and forth through the stream. It's, it's been quite an experience and it's something that we're not going to get rid of anytime soon. It's just such, such an added special feature for the facility. And uh, it's broadening our fan base uh, all over the world. How do you put it all together 
because I, I look at what the schedule is like. If you go onto the website, as I mentioned earlier, which is thespacelv.com, and you see all of the performers that are coming in. And yes, you're the face of the space in a way, and so is your wife. But the point is, how do you, <laughs> how do you juggle all that, plus your other activities, including the Vegas Golden Knights and everything else? How do you do all that without having a nervous breakdown, as I probably would? Yeah, I, I think I've probably had a few. I think that goes without saying. Or a meltdown, uh, maybe. Maybe that yeah, would be better. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a challenge, but it's, it's, it's work that I, I thoroughly enjoy. You know, if, if you love what you do, uh, I don't think it's work. And I, you know, I'm honored to be able to work in sports full time with the Vegas Golden Knights and my family at top rank boxing. And so the space has truly become a passion project. And when you see somebody walk away from the facility, even uh, whether it's an artist or even just a guest coming to watch the concert and they walk away feeling completely satisfied and they've had a great time, that makes it all worthwhile. And as I was mentioning before, when the restrictions lightened up this earlier this year and, and we were able to go back to work, we probably did about six months of bookings at the space in about three weeks. We'll be open every night in September, October, and November. And when I say every night, I'm, I'm not joking. We're going to be open Monday through Sunday every night for about three and a half months. And then, you know, December rolls around. Uh, we'll have a ton of holiday parties and, and things like that for families and businesses. We choose to take a few weeks off at the space every year towards the end of the year. Late December through the new year, we close. We don't open from basically Christmas until the first or second week of January. So my staff can have a decompress after that busy, busy fall. And then we do it all over again. So, you know, it is a, it is a balancing act. But I, like I mentioned, I have a great team at the space and everybody who works there comes from a different walk of the entertainment business, former performers, former technicians, uh, you name it. And they've all come here to, to really understand they have bought into the system, you know, of being a, a true community center where we're constantly changing directions, going, pivoting, shifting a different show every night. And that's not easy. I think the biggest challenge for us is, you know, executing whatever tonight's concert or show may be, and then pivoting the next day to be ready for whatever tomorrow brings. Because it, we're not in the in the situation where it's the same show happening every night. And each artist coming in usually has certain requests or requirements for their particular performance. So you have to pivot, as you mentioned earlier, very quickly to accommodate that artist. Yeah, we have a great team behind the scenes that advances a show. So two weeks prior to the to the event, whether it's a birthday party or a concert, our team will reach out and say, hey, we're grateful to have you at this space. This is what we need from you to make sure everything goes smoothly. And we have a, a, an advancing program there. So the artist receives a nice welcome package and, and gets us what they gets us what we need. And, and if they don't, we, we remind them friendly. Yes, of course. <laughs> with, with emails and text messages saying, hey, we need this. Yeah, absolutely. Before we talk about Wine Wednesdays, one more thing about Monday's Dark, and that is, it's an inside term or an industry term. So could you explain to our listeners where that came from? Sure. So my wife and I originally moved to Las Vegas to uh, to participate in Rock of Ages at the Venetian, which is a Broadway musical that was there for about three years. And I was blessed to to be a part of that production, performing every night. And we followed the, the traditional Broadway schedule, which is we're dark on Monday. So that's where the name Monday's Dark came from. And what I did was I started just befriending a lot of entertainers in town and 
you know, we would be invited to all of these uh, functions throughout the city and we'd make appearances on red carpets and take a picture and, and just leave. We never really even stayed at the event. And so I thought there's got to be a better way for the entertainment community to give back to our amazing nonprofits here in Vegas. And so I said to these artists and actors and clowns and magicians and crew members, I said, hey, if I threw a party on Monday night, would you come? And sure enough, the Monday's dark, goofy idea that I had exploded. And here we are eight years later, we're going to celebrate our eighth anniversary this December. And for those listening who don't know, Monday's Dark is a 90-minute variety show that I host with a full band. It happens every other Monday. And in 90 minutes, we raise $10,000 for a different local charity every time out. And we've done about 134 parties to this point, raised almost one4 yeah, well, I think $1.35 million for the, uh, for the community. We never repeat a charity, and uh, each charity receives $10,000 from our event. So That's a great, uh, yeah, great concept. And for those who still may not understand the concept of Monday's Dark, it means closed on Mondays. The show is not yeah. operating on Mondays. So. Yeah, pretty much. Our shows were dark on Monday, and so that was our night off from right. uh, you know, the traditional Broadway schedule. That's, that's no, and, and the fact that it's worked so long, as you said, you're, you're celebrating your eighth year, and it just shows that that kind of commitment and that kind of dedication, and frankly, hard work, is something that people wanted to see and participate in. And as you said, Mondays are great for performers to show up because they're busy the other six days of the week. Yep, that's exactly it. So now you come in with the weekly wine Wednesdays, and it's a variety of programming. And it's paired with wine tastings from Foley Family Wine. So how did you come up with this and how did you make that work with your connections? You got everybody together and say, hey, let's do this. Yeah, well, it was important coming out of the pandemic that, you know, we did whatever we could to help artists and entertainers get back to, to work. You know, they, we've been, you know, silent for 16, 17 months. A lot of entertainers in town did not receive any assistance throughout the pandemic. And I thought... Well, one thing that I, I did throughout the pandemic was I enjoyed a lot of wine. Uh, you know, I learned a lot about a wine. <laughs> wait a minute. You had to wait a second. You had time to drink wine. How did yeah, that happen? You know, I, during the pandemic. Okay. Fair I, enough. But, hey, I, I gotta, I gotta learn a little bit more about this wine that everybody talks about. Uh, and when I'm hosting hockey games with the golden Knights, we're always talking about the, the Foley family wine salon inside T-Mobile, encouraging people to go to the, uh, the wine salon inside T-Mobile arena. And so I reached out to them first. I said, hey, would, you know, I, I love going to tastings. I love learning about wine. I said, is this something that I could bring to the space? And the Foley Family Wine Society said, absolutely. We would love to partner with you at the facility. And then I took it a step further. I said, well, and just instead of it just being a, a wine tasting, so for 30 minutes we do a wine tasting, and then after the tasting there is some performance element for 60 minutes. So, again, it's a 90-minute evening, not too long. The first 30 minutes is a, a pair, pair of wine, a white and a red, with a sort of a sommelier that will talk you through it and teach you all about the wine. And then we bring up a local artist. It could be a singer, a comedian, a magician. Uh, it could be something as simple as a TED Talk with a notable personality in town. But there's always an entertainment element to it as well. So you come in, you taste some wine, and you sit back and enjoy a concert for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And we're very, very excited to start it. And we've partnered with the Finley Automotive Group. When I explained to them what I wanted to do, I said, hey, look, this isn't just about tasting wine. This is about helping our local entertainment community get back on stage. Can you help me guarantee a little paycheck for those guys? 
And they absolutely loved the idea and agreed. So with the Foley Family Wine Society and Finley Automotive, it's it's a slam dunk Wednesday night at the space. And the best part about it is it's 25 bucks. The $25 gets you the tasting and the entertainment portion and top-notch talent. We're excited to uh, to get the series started. And this week, September 8th, it's David Perico and his group Pop Retro. You know Perico. He's played all over the all over the city at the Smith Center. He's been recently announced as the Raiders in-game band. So to have him in an intimate setting, David Perico, Pop Retro, September 8th, it's going to be a wonderful night for us. Great guy, and he's been a guest on the show. Yeah, he's great. And then the list goes on and on and on. And we're going to book Wednesday nights through the first two weeks of December. And then, like I said, where, when I was mentioning our, our space calendar, we'll reevaluate what we did right, what we did wrong over these last couple of months with the wine program. And then we'll kick it back off again in January, as long as we have the blessing from the uh, Foley Family Wine Society and, and Finley Automotive. But the entertainers are incredibly excited to do it. It's It's a beautiful setting. It's little cabaret tables with candles and you come in and there's two wine glasses sitting there and just two people per table. So it's really intimate and it's just going to be a fun night. And even if you don't like wine, it's, it's a learning experience for 30 minutes. And then if you want to, uh, you know, drink something else, we have a full bar, full liquor license at the space and you can partake in whatever you like. But it, this was just an opportunity for me to, again, really focus on getting our local entertainment scene back on stage and, partnering with some some wine so it's it's gonna be a great evening you know, yeah i like i like wine i like the mix and i i'm pretty much sure that when you reached out to entertainers and said would you like to be part of this the answer was yes immediately 100 percent. there yeah. was no uh, hesitation and what's great about it is we're gonna have a backlog you know we're gonna have people waiting to uh, to pick up a, a gig on a wednesday night because it's a very intimate opportunity for a performer again a lot of times you get hired as an entertainer to go to a lounge or you get a gig here and there and it's it's almost ambient music right where you're just sort of in the back corner playing and they're they're incredibly talented but nobody in that lounge or that room is paying attention this is an opportunity for a 60 to 75 minute concert where you have their attention in a beautiful room and uh, it's, it's going to be an exceptional Wednesday night for us. I'm so excited. And, you know, we kept it very affordable. Uh, again, we were able to do that because of our partnerships with uh, Foley Family Wine Society and, and uh, Finley Automotive. So uh, it's something that I'm, I'm passionate about. And it's just another program for us at the space. You know, we have things that happen there regularly. And this, we're hoping, catches wildfire as well. So that Wednesdays just become a, a staple for us out of the facility. Do you think the strip in downtown have anything to fear from you because you're <laughs> coming up with all these great concepts? No, I think there's enough for everybody, and I and I mean that honestly. I think there's enough there's enough hustle uh, or enough opportunity for everybody. You just got to stay stay the course, stay in the game, stay committed. Uh, and and Vegas is a very special place, you know. I, as we are an event space, we are a venue, we are in competition with other groups in town, but there is this sense of community. And even though we are competing, uh, we are very different and unique from what other people are doing. And I think that's, that's important. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not opening up a, a chicken sandwich shop, that's for sure, because I don't want to compete with Popeyes or, or <laughs> uh, you know, Chick-fil-A. Uh, so we try to do things that are unique and different and 
like I said earlier, every time somebody leaves the space, it's important whether they were an artist or a community member that they walk away with a great experience because they'll come back. And, you know, I guarantee most of your listeners right now have, have not been to the space or have not been to a Monday's dark and, and that's okay because we know that our, our trajectory with our growth pattern, the way it's been so far has been, uh, right on point. And that's just been with word of mouth, minimal marketing and just great, great events happening. And again, at the end of the day, I need to sell 150 to 200 tickets and that place is packed. And that's always my job when I book a show or, or put on an event and, you know, we're doing that consistently and the quality is, is top notch. And that's, that's very important to us. Everybody who works at the space comes from the entertainment world. And, uh, we, we want to make sure that we're just, we're delivering a, a great quality program out of a really cool, funky new facility. Do you think that from a larger perspective that what you're doing and what some of the other places around off strip are doing will create a renaissance of local entertainment as opposed to just the typical and I don't mean it don't mean it in a derogatory way but the typical strip or downtown Las Vegas experience entertainment experience yeah, I agree. I think that's already happening to an extent. We have some incredible local theater companies that have been around for a long time. And the, again, the challenge is just marketing. Everything in today's day and age is is marketing. You know, you have to really set aside budget when you're producing events to get the word out because if you don't get the word out, you could you could put on the the best Pulitzer Prize winning play or Tony winning musical or an amazing Cirque type variety show and if nobody knows about it, it was, you know, unfortunate. So, uh, you know, our biggest challenge always is marketing. And we find that that's sort of what keeps us up late at night is trying to figure out ways to share the wealth, essentially, because we have something happening every night. So how do you market a facility where there's something different and unique happening every night? It's challenging, but we're getting through and they're great problems to have. You know, when you're open every night with a different form of, uh, of entertainment, that's a great problem to have. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure those, we'll find solutions for those, those small issues. Yeah, that's the, that's the trick on marketing is how do you get that out? If they know that the venue itself is a product, so they, they're familiar with it, the branding of, of the space to begin with, that does help. So they can accept even an entertainer they may not have heard about and say, you know what? We're going to go see it. There's only 150 seats. Let's go see that entertainer. It's not that expensive. And that alone would be, I would think, a good draw. But there obviously are entertainers or performers you have, and I've seen many of them on the website, where the atypical Vegas performance. And so that's always the challenge. How do you market that? Yeah, it's, again, but it's, it's a cool problem to have. And, you know, there are a lot smarter, younger, wiser people than I, and I put my faith in them to help guide and, and direct what we do. So, you know, <laughs> like I said, I just, I wake up every day going, okay, what's tonight? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what you can do. Has there been any performer that you thought would be perfect for the space, but you haven't been able to book him or her at this point? I think there's a lot of great people for the space. And, uh, you know, it's it's not a question of being able to book. It's it's usually a question of budget. You know, uh, because of our seating capacity and and our layout. If we do a seated concert, like I mentioned, we're at about two hundred, two twenty five. If we do a standing room only concert, it's about three fifty. And so those numbers are what sort of dictate and drive the content for the facility. 
sometimes I go beyond what we should be doing just simply because I think it would be a great opportunity for the space. So I'll bring in a national act or a headliner and we market it and price it a little bit more expensive than we would like to, but that's the, that's the excitement about it because you're seeing an artist perform in an intimate setting where they would normally play a much larger room. So, you know, there's all, there's all sorts of wish lists and, and sort of dry erase boards kicking around the space with ideas and, and things like that. But currently this week, it's going to be September. I'm looking at booking now the third week of January on in 2022. We're set for the year. We've got acts like Louis Prima Jr. coming. We have an amazing heavy metal uh, mariachi band called Metalachi. They play all over the country. They're coming this fall. We have a 9-11 20th anniversary celebration on 9-11 to celebrate New York for an incredible organization. Literally, the list goes on and on and on. And we're so excited about the fall here. We're just, you know, we're hopeful and our fingers are crossed that we don't go backwards and we don't have to close our doors again because we have so much programming planned that we want to be able to present it all. Does it help get a headliner if you can also offer, we talked earlier about it, the technology where they could stream it around the world so they it may work it out financially for them to come in even at a lower ticket price for those attending in person, but they also get the streaming. Yeah, there are there are artists that love it, and there are artists that are not for it at all. You know, they they think, hey, you know, it's it's not for me. You know, I like to be live and in person. And there are others that are like, hey, I love this. I can get people in Australia or Japan to tune in. If they're if they're a national act and they're a touring act, it's rare that they would like to live stream, and it's because they don't want to alienate the next city. If that makes sense, sure. Like why why should we go to Phoenix, Arizona after we've played Vegas? If we just did Vegas and the people in Arizona were able to watch it on their TV, again, there's nothing like seeing entertainment live, plain and simple. Uh, we can have the greatest technology in the room. We have five cameras. They're all 4K. They look and sound incredible. But that doesn't that doesn't replace being in the room live with that artist. And so, you know, this is this is something for those who obviously can't get to Vegas or are diehard fans for that act. But like to answer your question, there are artists that love it, and then there are artists that just you know don't want don't want anything to do with it. And that's part of the challenge and part of the joy of what you're doing, because every, again, every act is different. Yeah, every act is completely different. And we don't live stream every event at the space. There are, majority of the events are just in person only. And when we can, we stream the concert or that we stream the event. Two quick last questions. One, did your parents ever get a chance to come down and actually see the facility in person? Yes, they have. They've been here uh, in year one. Uh, they haven't been back since just because of the pandemic has shut shut it down and, and traveling has made it challenging. Uh, but they're on course to, to come back this fall and, uh, you know, participate in some events at the space. And not only that, my, my family are big hockey fans like everybody else in Vegas. So they're going to make sure they take in some Golden Knights games. And now we have the Raiders in town. So as everybody knows, coming to Vegas, there's so many offerings and uh, they're definitely looking forward to spending some time with me this fall. And last question, any expansion plans for the space at this point? There's always talk of expansion and growth and new ideas. And we, we do think that there is a, 
an opportunity for the space to to expand possibly in in the next year or two and but again we we've we're very meticulous we take our, take our time we don't we don't roll anything out without it being vetted and and in place and so it's definitely the, a topic that has come up more times than not just simply because of everything we have going on but if it, it ain't broke we're not going to fix it right now so we're we just want to get get our feet wet again coming out of this pandemic get back to being open every day get in that grind of of just constantly going 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 and and when we see that the time is right to do more for the community because at the end of the day this business is is designed to support our community we will do it we'll make that next step well that's a great way to end it my guest has been the founder of the space mark chinook for ticket information for wine wednesdays september through october and all other events at the space go to thespacelv.com and follow them on twitter at the space lv on facebook and instagram at the space lv and mark thanks for being on the show thank you so much for having me on and, and please thank you to everybody listening it's been uh, you know beautiful opportunity to chat with you thanks see you next time you've been listening to talk about las vegas with ira each week ira david sternberg talks with the celebrities entertainers writers and personalities who make las vegas the most exciting city in the world yeah.